Hey guys, good afternoon and welcome to Last Stop Waterfowl Podcast where we cover Louisiana outdoors from hunting to fishing and everything in between. I'm your host, Jacob Robery, and I look forward to spending some time with you guys and sharing some stories from the great outdoors across sportsman's paradise. So stay tuned and thank you for tuning in. Hey folks, Jacob coming to you here from South Louisiana, Gonzales, Louisiana. And I'm pretty excited because this week really kicks off our hunting season here in Louisiana. And today our topic on our podcast is going to be about Squirrel Town traditions. And for those of you who are not aware about the traditions and the squirrel hunting traditions in Louisiana, I have some really cool stories I'd like to share with you about how I got involved as a youth in the great outdoors and hunting and, uh, you know, what now I'm passing on to my sons. Um, So hopefully a couple of these stories I got for you will be unique. Maybe you haven't heard before. Maybe some of you are familiar with it, but uh, I might share a couple of stories with you that you find pretty cool and funny. So uh, I hope everybody enjoys this. Thank you again for listening uh, to our Last Stop Waterfowl podcast. This is our initial kickoff of our podcast series, which we look to do once a week and bring you stories from across the state of Louisiana. Um, We also have a Facebook page and an Instagram page that you can follow us on. Um, So if you guys are interested in seeing some uh, outdoor activity photos and also videos and sharing some reports, uh, we invite you to join us on those two social media platforms as well, as well as sharing this podcast. So uh, by the time most of you will hear this podcast, the, the coming opening weekend of hunting season uh, will have already passed. But this is a time of year where me as a 40-year-old outdoorsman here in Louisiana, I get pretty excited. Uh, my, my roots with the uh, upcoming weekend have dated back, you know, many, many years ago now. And my father before me and my grandfather before me. And the thing that I'm looking forward to this weekend that I'm talking about is uh, opening weekend of squirrel season here in South, uh, in Louisiana, across the state of Louisiana, excuse me. Uh, I grew up in a small town that ultimately became locally famous for uh, their passion of uh, squirrel hunting. And I'm very, very proud of that to pass that on to my sons. Um, The town I grew up in, is a small town of about 7,000 people. Um, it's Ville Platte, Louisiana, and it's located in the heart of Evangeline Parish. It's actually the capital seat of Evangeline Parish. Uh, we were right on the borderline of what I call Kunas accent, like I talk, and uh, redneck or rockabilly uh, dialect, like some of my friends called it. So uh, if you're into the, uh, the traditional Cajun cuisine, the con- con- uh, conventional Cajun accents, um, then we have, you know, a good bit of experience in that uh, neck of the woods. So, um, you know, going back to my town, <clears throat> there was a, this weekend coming up was a weekend that I was always super excited about. I'd have to say that uh, my school, there was two schools in our hometown that we had, um, we had a, a Catholic school and we had a public school. I grew up going, my parents sent me to a Catholic school to try to get a good, um, you know, religious background. And back in the 70s and 80s, which were before my time, um, there was something that started being noticed around this time of year. What what the school found was that, you know, on Fridays, the attendance right before the weekend of hunting season opened was really low. 
a lot of the male students, other than probably football players, uh, you know, training staff, that type of stuff, because football season goes along with hunting season most oftentimes in most states. They found that pretty much the only people that were showing up at school on a Friday before opening weekend of hunt season was the football team. And as soon as those guys would play a game, they were, they were heading out to the woods somewhere with their, with their parents and so on and so forth. So besides that, most of the guys that didn't play sports that were hunters wasn't at school on Friday. And their attendance tend to be a little bit lower than what they, they expected and what they wanted. So they started looking into it. And what it was when they started asking around was that, you know, people were trying to get away early, pack all their stuff to get ready for hunting season and head out to the woods. Uh, and get an early jump for Saturday morning opener um, of squirrel season. So a couple of years went by. They started noticing the trend and, the, and the, you know, the lack of attendance at school. And the schools came together and said, hey, you know what? What if we move the football games up to a Thursday night instead of a Friday night, which became something that they'd have to schedule with their opponents, but they tend to work out. And we will cancel Friday or consider, consider it a holiday and uh, we'll let people go ahead and have that day off on Friday. So from that point on, I'd say from the late 70s or early 80s, somewhere in that time frame, they decided that school would be canceled on Fridays and that football games that week would be played on a Thursday night. Now, when I tell people who aren't from Louisiana that, they are absolutely blown away. They're like, wait, what? Y'all didn't have school because of a, of, of a hunting season? You gotta be kidding me, are you serious? And yes, I'm proud to say, yes, that that was such a rich tradition in our hometown that that is something that they decided to do and still do to this day as far as I'm aware. Now, I don't live in my hometown anymore. I I live closer to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, They don't do that here. My wife's a teacher. That's not so she kind of laughs at me because I let my son typically miss that day, the Friday before, so we could pack up and head out to the, to the uh, camp to go hunting for opening weekend of squirrel season. And that's something she always laughs about. But after us being married for about 12 or 13 years now, she she understands that and she kind of, as long as he's doing what he has to do, there she has no problem with it. So it's pretty cool. I've been able to pass that tradition on to my son. And even though he, you know, his school doesn't have that same criteria that we had as a kid growing up. So, you know, I'm all about getting my two boys involved in the great outdoors. I'm sure many of you listening out there, you feel the same way. We grew up with it. It's a passion we want to hand down to our children. Uh, Me personally, I have two boys. I have Jackson, who's my 10-year-old. He's my oldest. I have Hudson, who's my 5-year-old, and uh, thinks that he's going on on 10. He thinks he's as old as his brother. I'm sure many of you can relate to that. But... They are ate up with it, guys. And when I say ate up with it, they have it in their blood. Obviously, it's something they carried on from me. I guess they saw my passion for it, and now they're ate up with it. Um, so my oldest one, he's been coming with me, probably walking in the woods since he was about five or six, I guess you could say. Just, you know, not far from the camp, but enough to get him oriented with the woods and, you know, walking through the woods and what to look for, what not to touch, what to, you know, go after. And uh, it's really, I can see now at his age, at age 10, it's something that he uh, that he definitely is into. But uh, focusing, staying on subject and going back to, you know, me coming up as a kid in my hometown and it being unique. Uh, we talked about the football games. We talked about school being canceled. Um, it was a great thing for, you know, dads and 
and husbands and their sons to get out there and maybe even their daughters to go out and experience something together. But what it also created that we found was two things. It created a opportunity for the wives and the women and the girlfriends to have their own weekend to bond with each other, kind of get a break away from the, the normal stress of life with the kids and school. And they look forward to it and they could plan a girls weekend out or they could go out and, uh, you know, do some shopping, do whatever they wanted to do. So it created, it created something that the wives and girlfriends didn't mind, you know, with the guys going out. You know, there used to be an, an old joke that the, the, the grandpas, the pawpaws, like we called them, used to tell us. And they say, boy, if you want to go out and burglarize a, a bank or a, a, a store, you know, open a weekend, a squirrel weekend in Evangeline Parish is the perfect time for a burglar to, to hit something and get, get away with it scot-free. And we used to laugh at that because it was true. When you go through the town on that weekend, it's like a ghost town. This little town is the only town that I've ever seen or had pe told people about where they, they say it's like that in their area for opening weekend of squirrel season. That's how deep of a tradition it is for us Cajuns who grew up in that area to go out and do this with our family. Um, you know, and a second thing that is going to play into it, I remember as a kid, is opening weekend, there was a couple of things you could always expect. Opening weekend, you knew you were going to have great food, great company. You were going to listen to some football that weekend because the LSU Tigers were always on. We tend to play Florida sometimes around opening weekend almost every year, it seemed like, since I was a little boy. This year, heading into this opening weekend coming up on October 5th, uh, it's actually going to be a little different. We, we actually don't play Florida this weekend. But that's something that uh, I do remember as a kid having fond memories of listening to radio coming back from a hunt. But touching on food, as Cajuns, uh, you know, the traditions of hunting and putting food on the table and, 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 and the Cajun cuisine, you know, a lot of people look at it and they say, well, hunting's done for a sport, you know, and some people agree with that and some people don't agree with it. Uh, you know, and that's, that's your prerogative to whether or not you do. But if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you're like us and you believe in the great traditions of hunting and passing it on to the other generations. But, you know, food, there was always, it seems like in our group that we had going for opening weekend of squirrel season, there was always one guy who was kind of like, didn't really care if he killed a whole lot, but there he, he really cared about what the menu had on it for the rest of the camp that weekend. And, and that guy typically inherited the old, uh, the old nickname of Camp Dog. And if you look back, there's the Camp Dog name comes from, basically it means a guy who, you know, wants to be a part of the hunting crowd, enjoys going out into the outdoors, enjoys going to the camp, enjoys going, you know, camping in a camper to the campground, wherever it may be. And, but he, he ain't all about the numbers. He don't really care about what he kills that weekend. He don't care if he kills anything that weekend. That guy's there to drink beer, drink some whiskey, play some cards and take some money from some of the other guys and basically do the cooking and make sure everybody's well fed. And that guy is one of the most important people in the circle that you have for opening weekend of uh, squirrel season down in, the side, in Louisiana. Um, you know, that guy is the guy who coordinates the menu for the weekend. Opening morning always occurs on a Saturday morning. So you have a Saturday morning hunt. You may make a Saturday afternoon hunt. And you have a Sunday morning hunt before everybody packs up and heads to go home. So 
that guy's out on Thursday, <clears throat> you know, going to the meat markets growing up as a kid. We had nothing but great meat markets in my little hometown of Villeplatte. And still to this day, have some of the best food that you'll ever eat in, in, out, that's available to you out there. And uh, those guys take pride. That's another tradition that was passed down from their ancestors. But, you know, if you look back at the way we ended up here in Louisiana, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of our ancestors, basically, uh, the Acadians, in the 1750s, they were, they were basically pushed out of Nova Scotia, to give you a little small history lesson here. And they ended up making their way down to Louisiana. And at that time, there was no big farmers. They, they weren't established yet for farming. Uh, not a lot of jobs, you know, at that time. So people, in order to feed their families, they had to go out and hunt. And that's really where the tradition of the, the Cajuns and the, the, the Kunasses and, the, you know, all the, the people that went out, our ancestors, and uh, started, you know, populating the swamps and hunting in the swamps and the bayous. That's where they came into play. They weren't hunting for the sport of it necessarily. At that point in time, they were hunting to put food on the table. And nowadays, it's important that we pass, you know, the traditions on to our kids and and instill those values in them that, hey, yes, it is a sport, but we're not killing just to kill animals. We're out there to, you know, put food on the table. Uh, nowadays, if you, there's a lot of people I know that, that hunt, that love the sport of it, but they don't necessarily eat wild game, but they pass it on to family members that do eat it, or uh, there's food banks now that a lot of people donate. I know here in Louisiana, once a year, Wildlife and Fisheries has a, uh, a big push to clear, clean out your freezer and to bring you know wild game that maybe you haven't eaten yet or you're not planning on eating. They'll collect it and they'll provide it to uh, you know uh, food shelters that people less fortunate could, uh, could have and enjoy. Excuse me, guys. I'm trying to drink while I'm talking. Um, so that, that's important that we know that, you know, that little bit of history, how we got started in the whole hunting scheme. Um, you know, going back again to when I was a kid, um, I can tell you pretty much the, the main menu item on a Friday night in our campground was the camp dog he had prepared was a big giant gumbo. Uh, now, you know, it seems like when I was a kid, that opening weekend of squirrel season tended to be a lot cooler than it is now. Heading into this weekend here in South Louisiana, I know in Gonzales, we're sitting at 95 degrees today. This is uh, October 2nd. Uh, the forecast for the weekend is showing us into the 90s. When I was a kid, it seemed like it was cool or, or cold every opening weekend of squirrel season. Now it doesn't seem to be the case. Uh, but that gumbo, we look forward to a big chicken, hen, sausage, you know, uh, tasso gumbo on Friday night. It was something that was easy to prepare. Camp dog could put it together, have that thing boiling, put it on, cook. He could drink him a couple of highballs, get rolling, you know, a couple of mixed drinks, some beers. Hell, by the afternoon, he was half lit most of the time and uh, on his way to having a good night, uh, winning some money in a card game. So, um, you know, that was the main menu item on a Friday night. Um, you know, we he, the camp dog always, always has his black pot with him. Uh, if you occasion a true Cajun, there's not a true Cajun that does not own a black pot. I could guarantee you that. Uh, and those of you who are Cajun, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not Cajun, uh, a black pot is, is a cast iron pot uh, that basically has probably been handed down to you from your dad and his dad handed it down to him or mother handed it down to him. 
and just about everything you can imagine has been cooked for years in that black pot. And it's something that is a family heirloom that often gets passed on down to your kids. Uh, somebody's willing to give you a black pot. You, you really uh, are, are a like person by them because that's a uh, that's a very nice gift to get from them. So uh, if you're not a, if you're not from Louisiana and you don't understand what I'm talking about, go out and get you a, a cast iron pot and uh, maybe make that a tradition on your own. But uh, yeah, a black pot and, and and a black pot on a Saturday night in a squirrel campground in Louisiana. You better be ready to cook a sauce. And those of you who are Cajun and coon asses like me, you know what I'm talking about. Cooking a sauce. A sauce, for those of you who don't know, is basically it's a gravy. And it's it's smothered onions and celery and vegetables uh, smothered down into a gravy with, with whatever choice of meat. Hopefully on opening weekend, it was always a squirrel, a squirrel sauce that we cooked. And basically we had to kill enough squirrels opening weekend to be able to cook Saturday night. The tradition there was that, hey, a lot of times we didn't bring nothing for that Saturday night to cook that was on the menu. Sometimes the camp dog would sneak in something if we thought it was a rough year for squirrels and, and or the group that he had wasn't as strong as some of the groups he had previous years before that. Uh, he would bring a backup plan in case the times were tough and we didn't kill any squirrels. But, uh, you know, the, the idea was to kill enough squirrels to cook that Saturday night and make a sauce in our cast iron black pots. And, uh, you know, the limit for squirrels here in Louisiana has been eight per person per day for as long as I can remember. And, uh, you know, uh, in many of the camps growing up on those trips that we took open the weekend, a big tradition was uh, the guys, the men would get together and they'd place bets on who would be the, the, the king hunter for the weekend. And the king hunter was the guy who killed the most squirrels for the weekend. And they, they made it fun by putting some wagers out there on it. I remember my dad and uh, my grandfather and my uncles and some of their buddies throwing in some money in a pot. And usually it was the camp dog once again who was uh, collecting the money and keeping the pot. Uh, some years I think they even did like little plaques or trophies for whoever had the highest amount of kills on squirrels that weekend. They could go ahead and they could uh, they could they make a plaque for them. But those were some great times, uh, and that's the traditions. Uh, that our ancestors passed on to us. So, you know, cooking on that Saturday night, we were, if you think about it, we were kind of following those traditions of, hey, we had to kill to put our meal on the table for that Saturday night. And we were following the steps of our ancestors here in Louisiana. So hopefully we made them proud many times. We still fight those traditions and trying to uh, carry on those traditions and do the same here. Nowadays, you know, we'll bring, we'll bring a backup plan like the old camp dog used to do. But uh, just in case times are tough, but uh, in most years we are uh, we have no problem putting uh, you know squirrels on the table that night. And I, and those of you who aren't from Louisiana, again, uh, you're probably saying to yourself, "Oh my God, squirrels! How do you even cook that? I'd never eat a squirrel." Well, let me tell you something. If you're from wherever you're from, and you come down to Louisiana, and most people that come down to Louisiana will tell you that it's some of the friendliest people you'll ever meet. Um, we're going to feed you. If you stay here for a while, trust me, you're going to gain some weight because the food is phenomenal. It's the best food in the United States and maybe across the world that you can eat down in Louisiana. Um, and we can take just about anything we hunt, whether it swims, crawls, flies, whatever it is, and we can cook it. And I promise you, you will think it's the best dish you ever ate. And that goes to be the same with squirrels. When we grew up, you know, and to this day, 
Squirrels were a delicacy. They looked at that as like ducks or deer, venison, any of that stuff. Squirrels are right up on the menu with any of those items. And, you know, cooking a sauce was one of the things we did opening weekend. But another way to cook them that's phenomenal is in a gumbo. Louisiana is known for its gumbo. We have some of the best gumbo, or not some of the best. We have the best gumbo in the world. Um, there's different variations of it that you'll see. Chicken and sausage. Uh, you know, seafood gumbo. Squirrel gumbo. Duck gumbo. And I can remember uh, my grandfather cooking a squirrel gumbo during squirrel season as a kid. And uh, one of those things, I'd see him putting in it. I asked him, I'd say, Papa, what is that that you're dropping in the gumbo? And he'd say, oh, baby, he says, that's the squirrel brains. And I said, squirrel brains? He said, yeah. He said, you got to have a gumbo, a squirrel gumbo. You can't have it without squirrel brains. And I remember, like, just thinking that was the most disgusting thing on planet Earth at the time. Like, oh, my God. And I'd say, Papa, I'll never eat squirrel brains. Trust me, I will never eat them. And that's a promise I did keep over the years. I still, to this day, cannot do it. But he, he'd always tell me, and you'd always hear the, the Papas tell the the grandchildren, they say, you eat those squirrel brains is going to make you smarter. You're going to make better grades in school. Personally, I don't know if that's ever been the case. Uh, maybe that's why I didn't make as good of grades as I could have made or should have made, according to the parents. But I wasn't going to eat no squirrel brains, and that was just me. Some of my buddies love them, and they say it gives them better flavor and better taste. But I'm, I'm coon ass, but I ain't going there with it. I just can't do it, guys. I, I'm sorry. So... But those were good times. That was some ways that we uh, we put those squirrels in, you know, into our, our Cajun cuisines and into our uh, our traditional Cajun dishes. So you know, we talked about you know some of those things about the you know the good times I can remember as a kid and you know going in and, and, and drinking lots of whiskey the weekend. Not us as kids, but the grown-ups would. I remember seeing some funny things, them playing bourree and card games and this and that. And I'm sure a lot of y'all have the same traditions that you got going nowadays. And I would encourage you to keep it up. It's it's awesome. Teach it to your kids. You know, teach them the right way, if you know what I mean. Don't don't make a, an ass of yourself and, and let your kids see that. But you you know, have fun with them and keep it fun, keep it light. And uh, but but never forget the traditions of our of our ancestors and how we got to that point. And it's important we keep it going because, uh, you know, nowadays with all the stuff going on in the world, you never know how it's going to, you know, electronics is consuming everything now. And the kids have video games and they got cell phones and TVs and this and that. When you get them out in the woods like we did, like we're talking about here, um, it just opens them up to a whole new territory. It opens them up to a whole new lifestyle. And if you get somebody who's never been out there, chances are they're going to get hooked if they're like us. Uh, most of you know that you're going to get hooked on it if you do it a couple of times, um, especially if you get out there and they, they kill something. Um, you know, to this day, as a 40 year old man, I remember the first opening weekend of squirrel season that I killed my first squirrel. Uh, we were up at uh, Red River, somewhere in that area, Red Dirt, Red River. I think it was Red Dirt, actually, the reserve that we were in. Uh, and I had never shot, I had never killed a, a squirrel or really ever shot my gun other than targeting it in and shooting, uh, sighting it in, targeting some uh, clays with it. But uh, I think it was, I was probably right around six or seven years old. My dad had been bringing me since I was five in the woods with him. But uh, they had got me my first shotgun, which uh, was a New England Firearms Crack Barrel. 
probably a lot of you remember those old crack barrels, the little Rossies or the New England Firearms uh, partner pumps, something similar, a little Mossberg pump, Remington 870, uh, all, all those brands. I, we all grew up with those brands and started out with those brands. But me personally, I had got a New England Firearms 20 gauge. I was a big kid. Uh, I'm still a big guy. And I guess my dad kind of bypassed the whole 410 side of it and went straight to a 20 gauge for me. And uh, I remember getting that for, from Santa Claus for Christmas and I thought I was the coolest kid on the block. I really did, I was so excited. And it, it was probably a year or two before I actually got to go out and, and, and on that first squirrel hunt and kill my first squirrel. But we were at, but I heard you got one. Yesterday, yeah. Mr. Hippo. Not funny. Wait, what is that? Is that a this result tomorrow? After you're done with your homework, go play with the dog. Shit, You have homework? Huh? You have homework? She told you to do homework and then go play the dog? Yeah. Okay. Well, you can go check on the dog. So, guys, you know, going back and recapping everything that we talked about today, uh, you know, we're, we're looking forward to this coming weekend. Uh, like I said, it does mark the opener, the real opener as far as I see it uh, for uh, hunting season here in, in Louisiana. And uh, many of us are going to be heading out to the woods this weekend. Um, so we hope that you've enjoyed your time talking and hearing the stories I had here today on the Last Stop Waterfowl podcast. Um, we look to do this once a week. Next week, we're uh, going to probably do a podcast on our recap of our hunting trip uh, that we have scheduled. And uh, our area that we hunt is the Chafalaya Basin. We're going to be up in the Sherbin area. We actually have a camp out of Whiskey Bay, it's called. Um, and for those of you who don't know where that's at, that's located between Baton Rouge and Lafayette, Louisiana, and the Chafalaya Basin. Um, so we'll be doing a follow-up podcast next week, kind of recapping that. And uh, we'll look for some cool subjects throughout the year, uh, maybe some reports going on. Um, you know, obviously with our name, Last Stop Waterfowl, we are big-time waterfowl enthusiasts, been waterfowl hunting since we were kids also. And uh, that is something that's near and dear to our hearts. Um, so we do do a lot of that, uh, you know, as far as reports go and just uh, waterfowl videos and waterfowl, uh, you know, social media stuff that we share with our, our followers. Um, so as we get more into waterfowl season, we will be bringing that to you. We may even have some interviews. Um, we'll do a lot of around the campfire type stuff where uh, we get our group and we just start recording on our podcast and uh, start joking around probably uh use too many swear words and cuss and uh just have a good time but it's all in the name of fun it's all in the name of tradition and keeping the traditions that our forefathers had alive uh down here in the uh, bayou state and guys uh you know we live in one of the most greatest places sportsman's paradise so uh let's get out there let's promote louisiana uh and if you live in another state we'd love to hear your stories as well your traditions as well so share them with us and uh and let's talk hunting let's talk fishing let's talk anything that outdoors that that motivates you moves you and and gets you away from the everyday normal stress of life so uh until next time guys this is jacob robbery with last stop waterfowl uh hope to see you on the flip side and please remember to share this podcast uh with others thank you guys see you in the woods keep safe <laughs>